please be advised. All music tracks used in this production are sole property of Kelson Communications and our original compositions. Thank you. Hello to all my listeners. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate. There are less than 30 days until Election Day. This Election Day special being brought to you by the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast is dedicated to the memory of three voting rights champions. Hear their powerful words. Those champions I refer to are the late Honorable Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The Voting Rights Act was Mm -hmm. renewed by overwhelming majorities on both sides of the aisle. But the current Congress is, is not equipped really to do anything. Someday we will go back to having the kind of legislature that we should, where members, whatever party they belong to, want to make the thing work and cooperate with each other to see that that will happen. I mean, it was that way in 1993 when I was, when I was nominated for this good job. There were only three negative votes. My hope and expectation is that we will get back to that kind of bipartisan spirit. The late Honorable Representative John Lewis. In a democracy, the right to vote is the most powerful, non-violent tool we have. Many people march and protested for the right to vote. Some gave a little blood and others lost their lives. Some of you have heard me say that the right to vote is precious, almost sacred. In my heart of hearts, I believe that we should make it simple and convenient for all of our citizens to be part of the democratic process. It should not matter whether you're black or white, Latino, Asian American, or Native American. We should be able to participate in the democratic process. On March 7, 1965, I gave a little blood on the Edmund Pettus Bridge for the right to vote. Before the Voting Rights Act of 1965 was passed, some people had to count the number of bubbles in a bar of soap, the number of jelly beans in a jar. And all across America today, when people go out to attempt to vote, they stand in long, immovable lines. That's not right, it's not fair, and it's not just. We can do better, and we must do better. We have a moral obligation, a mission, and a mandate to empower all of the American people, not just a select few. We must do what is right, what is fair, and what is just. Today, our democracy is under attack by forces within and forces abroad. We need to fix it and fix it now. And the late Honorable Representative Elijah Cummings. On my mother's dying bed at 92 years old, former sharecropper, her last words were, do not let them take our votes away from us. They had fought. She had fought and seen people harmed, beaten, trying to vote. Talk about inalienable rights. Voting is crucial. And I don't give a damn how you look at it. There are efforts to stop people from voting. That's not right. Because it is the essence of our democracy. 
This is the United States of America. To everyone tuning in, welcome. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate. You're listening to the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast, the program that promotes, celebrates, uplifts, and highlights the social work profession. This podcast aims to educate the general public to the vital contributions professional social workers make in every aspect of society every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is a special segment of the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate, and this is our election day special. And today we have two very special guests with us, which I'll be introducing in just a moment. Um, but I did want to take a few moments just to say that we're less than 30 days away from the general presidential election. And of course, there are you know other seats that are being contested, but certainly this particular presidential election is vitally important to everyone. And so, you know, my wish and my you know urging is for everyone to please make sure you vote exercise your franchise it's so very important it's vitally important and so uh, we wanted to bring you some information from two social workers that are involved in the political arena and let them educate all of you as to the importance of voting you know where to vote you know early voting we're going to talk a little bit about that some suggestions if anyone may encounter any problems or things of that sort. Uh, But we did want to give our listeners uh, the opportunity to hear from uh, two political social workers. And so without any further ado, I'm going to introduce my two guests. First, we have with us uh, my near and dear friend and colleague, uh, Miss Jessica J. Mitchell. She is an LMSW. Uh, Miss Mitchell is a social worker who is also an experienced political and campaign strategist who has worked throughout the tri-state area. Miss Mitchell is skilled in grassroots organizing, campaign management, and legislative action. And she's superbly skilled in convincing students, new social workers, veteran social workers, and running for office, uh, taking a leadership position. I've never seen anybody more convincing than uh, Miss Jessica Mitchell. So I just want to let everybody know, if you ever run into her, she can talk you into running for office within the span of a, a few minutes. So just be, be beware. Uh, she, she's also... For the last five years, been an adjunct professor at Stony Brook University School of Social Welfare, where she teaches courses in policy, legislative advocacy, and political campaign management. She's currently a Ph.D. student at the Wurzweiler School of Social Work at Yeshiva University, and Ms. Mitchell is currently the chair of the NESW NYS, that's the National Association of Social Workers, New York State Chapter of PACE, which is the Political Action Committee. Uh, My distinct pleasure to welcome my friend and colleague, Jessica J. Mitchell. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you, Silas. And now we have also Miss Chantel Jackson. She's also an LMSW uh, licensed social worker. She's an author, college professor, and the Democratic nominee for the 79th Assembly District in the South Bronx. Chantel believes that her WEN mission will genuinely and totally transform her district into an even more healthy and wealthy community. And WEN happens to be an acronym that stands for Wellness, Housing, Education Now. She's a dedicated member of her community, deeply connected and engaging in social work, which is selfless and life-changing. She is a proud member of the United Federation of Teachers 
a New York City public high school social worker, a college professor, a published author, and an illustrious graduate of the Adelphi University School of Social Work. Welcome to the show, Ms. Jackson. Thank you for having me. With that said, uh, we wanted to give our listeners some insight into some of the specifics and particulars about what they need to know during this vitally important election season. And as I said earlier, we're less than 30 days away from uh, the election. And so one thing I wanted to have both of you address is all the different ways um, that people can vote, and especially as it relates to the areas in which you represent or which you serve. So uh, I'll let you go first, Ms. Jackson, different ways to vote and how they can uh, access information in your district. Absolutely. So, like you said, I am the Democratic nominee for the 79th Assembly District, and that is located in the South Bronx. And so the different ways, the first thing is I want everyone to have a plan on how they how they want to vote this year. And so I've made my plan, and I plan on voting early, the first day, and in person. So the different ways that you can vote is by absentee ballot, by early voting, and by election voting on election day. And in order to vote for by absentee, you can request an absentee ballot. They're not the application will not be sent to you, so you need to make the request at nycabsentee.com, uh, and you fill it out. You make sure that it is postmarked by November third. Um, you can actually hand in your absentee ballot in person to the board of elections, or you can hand it in at a polling site, uh, any polling site, and they will take your absentee ballot. The other way to vote is early voting in New York City. This is going to be our third time having early voting, and I would love for more people to come out and experience it because there aren't any lines, pretty safe and clean, and early voting starts October 24th and ends November 1st. So you have that option, and the last option is Election Day, and the polls are open from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Whatever you choose, just make sure you go out and vote, and those are our three options. Jessica, I noticed that uh, the NASW just put out a statement today. And so I want to give you opportunity. Obviously, you know, you're from the Suffolk Nassau area. So can you just kind of educate listeners that might be tuning in from those areas? Um, I'm sure some a lot of it is the same, but um, but I did want to highlight the fact that um, and please share with our listeners that NASW um, just put out a statement today. Yeah, so um, I'm from I'm from Nassau County, so I'm a member of the state chapter of NASW. Uh, I just want to say that I also second what Chantel said. We need to all have plans to go vote. So I actually am unavailable on the first day of early voting. So I will be going the second day of early voting, which is October 25th. Um, but I made my plan already, and I'm going to stick to my plan. It's in my calendar. So I'm a member of the of the NASA division for the NASW um, and I am the chair of the peace committee so we have uh, endorsed candidates for this election and you can go look at the list of endorsed candidates on our website so it's naswnys.org and we have the peace committee information under all of the regular committees, which has our list of endorsed candidates uh, for statewide candidates. And living in New York, you are lucky to have two uh, NASWs. So there's one in the city also that has a list of the city endorsed candidates uh, that are running for the state assembly and Senate. Mm -hmm. So um, very interesting that you mentioned that. So uh, tell our listeners, how is it that, you know, how does it, what's the process rather for 
a candidate to be endorsed by uh, NASW? How does how does that happen? Yeah. So the way that happens is we created a endorsement questionnaire. Um, part of the endorsement process is ensuring that the candidates that we choose to support hold values similar to or the same as, as NASW. Um, so we, we have a couple of questions we ask all of the candidates to answer in terms of specific legislation related to our social justice priorities. Um, and then a few uh, open-ended questions about what their priorities are going to be uh, once in office. And that information is shared with all of the committee members on PACE. So there's nine committee members on the state chapter of PACE. And we discuss the candidates in our monthly or now because we were so close to election day. We were meeting twice a month to make sure we had the opportunity to speak about all of the candidates um, at length. And we discuss them and decide whether or not we are going to endorse. And then and then we take a vote. So you have to get a majority of the committee members. And then we send a letter to the candidates just informing them of the endorsement. And Chantel, uh, in your district, how has the uh, endorsement process been rolled out to constituents and you being a social worker, you know, what role did you play in educating um, your constituents about candidates that were, I like to use the term, social work friendly types of candidates? I don't know how the endorsements are rolled out to constituents, but on my side, uh, I know that when I get an endorsement, I just share with my contact list and all the constituents who I have. And so I've been privileged to be uh, endorsed by a number of unions and organizations. Uh, and what I do for education purposes is I host a lot of virtual calls now. I'm constantly in the community having conversations about voting, census, um, COVID, you know, the election process. And encouraging, like my focus has always been young people. As, I, as you stated before, I work in a high school. I'm always engaging young people in this process. And one of my missions was to make sure I got a few young people to be poll workers. Mm -hmm. Because what I've noticed is that if you get them involved in the process and you give them money to be involved in the process, then they, they seem to to um, they seem to want engage in voting and see how easy it is and see how important it is. So that's been one of my missions to make sure we got more young people as poll workers this year. I couldn't agree with you more. Once you engage right. them at a young age, it becomes part of their life and they stay engaged in the process. Absolutely. Because I remember I was a poll worker at 17 um, mm -hmm. and my mom was an immigrant and so she understood the importance of, of a vote because she knew when she when, when she couldn't have, when she didn't have that privilege and when she got it, she made sure she voted in every election and she took us when we were young the polls and we were able to pull the lever over i don't know if you guys you guys remember that right you can get the poll oh, oh yeah <laughs> and put down who you were voting for like um you know i was i was engaged in that process from young for my mom and then as i became older i became a poll worker my uh my ex-husband was a poll worker he was a poll machine um school assistant so he fixed the polls uh so yeah i was always involved in this process and i want more young people to be just as engaged yeah, I did the same thing. My um, my mom used to take me to vote when she was a kid. Uh, when I was a kid, I'm sorry, not when she was a kid. When I was a kid, my mom used to take me to vote. And then when I was 18, I was a poll worker um, for the mm -hmm. first 
election that I could vote in. And I just, I always stayed engaged. I remember when I was a kid making my mom promise she wouldn't go vote until after I got out of school. Um, and I wanted to, it was exciting to be a part of that process. And that's always stuck with me. And, and one of the, the proudest things I always say is that I have a perfect voting record. But what you said is perfect. Voting is a privilege. You know, we think of it as a right. But as we see what's going on, you know, immigrants can't vote before they become citizens. We see what's going on in Florida right now with people who are formerly incarcerated, having a hard time getting their access to the ballot back. And we right. do, you know, we do take it away from groups of people. So we really have have to utilize it for those of us that are able to. Okay. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. it's funny that you mentioned about uh, getting young people engaged at an, at an early age to get involved with the political process and the voting process. You know, you know, I, you know, experienced the same thing with getting students involved with uh, becoming a member of NASW. And I, you know, I also tended to find that if you got them involved early and, and gave them a role and made them feel a sense of significance, they were more likely to stay on once they moved up through the ranks and, and graduated. They were more likely to stay on as a member of NASW because they got involved at a very early stage and a very early age. So I, I agree with you both on that. So talk to our listeners about connection between social work and politics. So how are those two married together and why is it so important for social workers to take an active political role? So I'll say this. Um, I realized I was going to be an elected official when I sat in my social justice class uh, my second semester. Uh, when I looked at the numbers of like social workers in Congress, the numbers were so dismal. And I was just like, how is it that we have to execute all of these policies and legislation that's, um, you know, that, that's passed, but we're not even a part of that process. And so that's what made me want to engage more in it. Like, I I grew up um, in Harlem, uh, you know, on welfare, food stamps, Medicaid, all of these these social, uh, social welfare programs, and that was decided by a legislator how much money you're going to have in the program, when you get cut off, when you can come back on. And this is not done by people who actually did the work with an individual client or individual family. And so I thought it was absolutely important that um, that I be a part of this process. I also come from a lens of, as a black woman, as a mother, and I feel like there are not enough women in politics. There are not enough social workers in politics. There are not enough mothers in politics. And so it's absolutely necessary for our voices to be heard and be a part of that process. I agree. Yeah, I agree. absolutely. I, I think it's so important for, for all people to be involved in the process, but I really try to get my students involved. We have such a wealth of diversity in social work um, in every way that you can think of it. People, you know, young people, uh, second career people, uh, just so many different demographics of people that enter social work that their voices need to be heard in throughout this whole process to make the process better than it is today. Um, and it's so important, you said before, Silas, about the presidential election, but I personally think that involving people in these more local elections is even more important. Our entire state legislature is up for re-election this year. These are the people that are really deciding what programs and policies are getting put into place. We have to work under these 
and our clients have to, you know, oftentimes live under these policies and we need to make them more equitable and we need to make them work better for the people. Now, a lot of people, sometimes they, they're not sure or clear on you know where they should vote. Uh, sometimes, you know, people, you know, get to the poll and they're not really sure how the process is. Because like you both mentioned, you know, the whole process has changed a lot. So um, what, what do you see as, as ways that, um, you know, people can be very well versed when they do go to the polls, whenever they go about, you know, where they should vote? Um, also, you know, what's on the bet? Who's on the bet? Well, you know, we know the presidential election, but like you said, um, Jessica, uh, the whole state legislature is up for election and, you know, other play, other seats are up. Also there, you know, maybe, uh, you know, referendums on the ballot. So what's the best way for, uh, voters to be very well educated and well versed. And I'll just throw that out there to both of you. I, I think the first step before anybody does anything else is really to check your voter registration status. So New York State has a website. It's voterlookup.elections.ny.gov. You put in your name, your birthday, your zip code, and your county, and it will make you, you're making sure that you're registered at the correct address, you know, especially for people who've recently left college in the height of this pandemic may have not re-registered, you know, at their home address. They may be still registered on campus, people who moved recently. And in there, it will tell you your polling place. Um, it will tell you your political party affiliation. It will tell you the districts that you live in for Congress, the state legislature, um, and your county districts uh, if, you, if you live in a county and have a county legislator. So you can look those people up and see who they actually are. Um, and find the people that are, are, you know, potentially running against them. It will give you your election day polling place and it will give you your early voting location place. Mm -hmm. um, and I will say that, you know, I, I looked this up too. I live in Nassau County. I know Nassau and Suffolk County and, and the rest of the state outside New York City. When you are doing early voting, you can go vote at any of the early voting locations. So in, in the county that you live in. So I live in Nassau County. There's a couple of early voting locations in Nassau County. I can go utilize any of them. I'm not assigned to a specific one. But when it comes to election day, I'm assigned to a specific voting location that I need to go to. And all of that information is in there. And I do know that if you live in New York City, I don't believe that this has changed. Even during early voting, you're assigned an early voting location. So you need to look that up mm -hmm. um, and okay. figure out where you're actually supposed to be. Okay. All right. For yeah, that. That's correct. Um, and, and, it's, and it's something that we need to change. Uh, I know that the Madison Square Garden is going to be a polling site. Uh, for early voting, and so a number of Manhattan uh, people that live in New York City and Manhattan can utilize that space. However, like in the Bronx, we have specific early voting sites, which may be different from our Election Day sites, and it's important that we know those things before we even get there. The, the Board of Elections is supposed to mail you that information in advance, but, you know, more than likely you won't receive it. And so um, Jessica gave a website, but I'll also give another one. It's nycvotersearch.com. Uh, you can go there and get the same information. You find out if you're registered to vote, where you're registered to vote, where you go early voting and election day voting. Um, and then the other 
thing that I'll say is that just make sure you have a plan and take three or four people with you. I plan on, um, because my my early voting, I'm sorry, my election day site is actually in the apartment complex I live in, and it's a, a number of senior citizens that live here. I plan on actually voting with groups of people at specific times of the day. So they're going to set up a time which we can go to the polls together. Um, of course, we're going to socially distance and be safe and wear mm-hmm. a mask. Um, but I want to make this a joyous occasion as they get to vote for someone that they've lived lived with for the last 13 years. So we're going to make it a, a joyous day. Oh, a celebration. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, what, one of the things that, you know, and, and, you know, we hear it and we've been hearing it in the media that, you know, there may be some elements that may want to dissuade people from voting. And I'm just, you know, keeping it real because it's it's pretty much been out there. So are, are there any is there any information um, or advice that can be given if a person goes to vote and they run into any type of problems of any kind in other words being almost like dissuaded from or um being not being permitted to vote is there any recourse that, that a person would have so voter suppression is real um it doesn't look the same as when it as it did for like my mother's age group or, and uh what, what voter suppression looks like now is being purged from the voter roll uh having long lines broken machines so that you don't want to stand in line and you want to leave um you know voter suppression looks very real in the south bronx i've experienced where poll sites were moved without any explanation uh for for primaries uh, for candidates that they knew would win in a certain district so you know it, it just looks different so you want to be on your on your a game uh i'm going to tell everyone to stay in line you know stand in line stay in line um and be prepared to get up there and give your information. Uh, if you are not in the voter roll, you can get a court order to vote on a machine, uh, which is an extra step that most people don't want to do. But, um, you know, you have that option to get a court order if you want to vote on a machine. You've been voting there for, you know, however many years, and then what, all of a sudden you're not uh, in the voter roll. The other a- option is an affidavit ballot. Um, and if the machines are broken, you can call the call the Board of Elections, and they will send out a tech to uh, come and look at the machines. Okay. All right. Yeah, I just want to echo what you said before in, in, you know, picking your time, like make your plan of when you're going to vote, and vote as early as you can, because we know that there are certain places where there's going to be long lines on election day. And if you don't want to stand in line, you know, pick, um, you know, an early voting time and, and go when they open, you know, it, in the middle of the day when people are at work, but not on lunch, you know, it kind of figure out around your own schedule when you can do that and just try to do it before election day so that you're not dealing with all these extra circumstances and things going on and all of the people that could potentially show up on election day. Um, but early voting starts in 20 days. So pick a date on your calendar. When you have a day off from work, there's weekend days available. There's weekday days available. They're open early and late depending on the day. So figure out when they're open in your County um, and just do it as soon as possible. So you don't have to deal with, with all these extenuating circumstances. And if something's wrong, then absolutely get that court order if you can you know do a provisional ballot or an affidavit ballot if you can't if you don't have the time to do a court order but 
just, you know, sometimes it takes some persistence, but, but you just, we all have to vote. We all have to participate. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And one thing is that uh, for new voters, they will, they may ask you for your ID because you have not voted before. My daughter voted for the first time in my primary, which is amazing. She got to vote for her mom. Oh, wow. But they asked her for her ID. <laughs> <laughs> they asked her for her ID and she didn't have it. But, you know, we lived close enough for her to go home and come back with it. So if you are a first-time voter, just have your ID with you. Everyone else, they are not supposed to ask you for your ID in order for you to vote. Well, th- those are the points that I think are very, you know, very important, very vital for everybody to know. Um and like, you know, I said, you know, at the top of the show is so vitally important. Um, and, you know, social workers, they've been on the forefront of the in the political spectrum. So, you know, I commend both of you for all that you've done. And uh, Jessica, I, I know you, you've been a warrior since I've known you, um, you know, out there pounding the pavement and, you know, and coercing people into running for offices. And so, you know, also just kind of like, you know, let people know that the presidential election is certainly important, but all the, the state legislature and if there's any local elections. And Jessica, you had mentioned previously when we talked that, you know, sometimes those local elections, they, they carry as much weight as, you know, the, you know, the state and, and the federal offices that are being contested. And I'm sure that that's the same um, in your district, Chantel. You know, obviously you, you're running as someone from the community. So just um, kind of bring us, take us home and talk a little bit about the importance of the local elections and knowing who locally is running um, in districts and counties and communities. It's my belief that the local elections are more important than our presidential election uh, because it directly affects your day to day. So like our state legislatures, um, they, they did a lot of work around criminal justice this year in policing. And it was, it unfortunately was due to the deaths of uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Amar Arbery and a number of uh, black people. But we watched them re- repeal 50A. We watched them, uh, you know, put in place real, real legislation that affects our criminal justice. And that, uh, that, that's what we need. We need to know that the people that we're electing are doing the work that we need them to do. And so I say to everyone, make sure you're voting your city council races, your your state senator, your assembly person. All those people matter. And they also have a hand in who the judges are. And these are the people who are locking up or not locking up black and brown folks. And so it's important that you, you are aware of who we're voting for because they have that amount of power. Our mayor has the amount of power to tell our our NYPD to go and break up a peaceful protest, to to arrest people at a peaceful protest. So those things matter. And I'm not saying the presidential doesn't matter, but I'm just saying that our state legislatures, our city councils, our mayor, those people matter um, just as much or even more than our presidential. I feel the same way that you do. And, and I get very frustrated when people say I don't like either of the presidential candidates. I'm not going to show up and vote. And that's that's the wrong answer because that's not the only thing on the ballot. We have these state Senate and assembly races. Um, we also have judges on our ballots out here on Long Island. Our Supreme court judges are running, uh, this year. Um, you know, and, and someone I deeply care about and has been wonderful to the school of social welfare at 
uh, Stony Brook ha- is running for Supreme Court Justice this year, Valerie Cartwright. She's a town council person, and these are just so important to our, our everyday lives that we have to participate more in it. There isn't a lot of local, local stuff this year in terms of, you know, city and county and town. Those elections actually happen next year. And that is, you know, a critical thing to understand about New York State is that we have elections in New York State every single November. So it's the presidential and it's the state legislature this year. But next year, it's our city, our county and our towns that we're electing. And then the year after it, it's our midterm. So Congress is up for re-election. Our state Senate and Assembly is up for re-election again because they only get two-year terms. And then we also have the gubernatorial and the statewide elections. And, and these things to me, I, you know, I couldn't agree more. They're just so important for people to participate in because the participation rate drops significantly after a presidential election. Um, and and it for reasons I, I just will never understand. So I'm going to continue to keep pounding the pavement to get people out to vote. I actually just told my classes today again. You know, if you if you show up to vote, I give you extra credit. Awesome. <laughs> um, don't take a picture. Don't take a picture with your marked ballot because it's none of my right. business. But also, it's it's not allowed in New York State. You can't take pictures of marked ballots. But you know, outside your polling place, in front of that, you know, vote here sign is is fine. Um, and there is still time. I forgot to say before, there is still time. Voter registration deadline in New York is is actually this Friday. So it has not passed yet. So you do have until Friday to either get on, so it's the 9th, on either mydmv.com where you can change your registration. You can mail it, but if you're going to mail it, then mail it soon because the post office has been unbelievably slow recently. Um, or you could show up and do it in person if, if you feel comfortable doing that at the DMV, at the Board of Elections, if you live close. Um, but just get that in, get your friends to go with you, get your students, your classmates, whoever it is, just push everybody out the door. I would love for one day for election day to always be a holiday in New York state. Hint, hint. <laughs> because we, I got need to make it easier. <laughs> yeah, but we need to make it easier. You know, we need to make it as easy as possible. There is so much going on all around the country. And I think that we tend in New York State to focus and other those situations, you know, that we don't do these things. We don't purge. We don't have lines. And we do. We do all over the state. And we have weird things that happened last year in a couple of counties with where the early voting locations were put. Um, you know, that's problematic. Um, and we've had purges. We had a purge in 2016 that was really detrimental. Um, so we really just have to stay on it. You know, if, I've always said if you don't use it, you lose it. Yes. Um, so we have to keep using it. Yes. Exercise the franchise. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, just before we, we wrap up, and I'm going to give each of you a, a chance to just kind of say some closing thoughts for our listeners. Um, could you both just um, restate the website that you mentioned where people can go and find out information about if they're still registered? So, uh, um, Chantel, you can give the, the the city website that you mentioned, and then, uh, Jessica, please give the uh, the Suff- Nassau and Suffolk County website that you mentioned where you could uh, find out about um, whether or not you're currently registered so uh, just give that to our listeners one more time, please. Sure. It's nycvotersearch.com. 
And I also want to plug um, the absentee ballot application site, which is nycabsentee.com. Thank you. So this one's actually good for the whole state. It's not just Long Island. It's voterlookup.elections.ny.gov. And this will give you where you're registered to vote, your political party, your districts, your election day polling location, and the early voting locations that are available in your county for you. Um, So that's really important. And then if you just go also to the New York State Board of Elections website, which is elections.ny.gov, so both of them has an S at the end of election, you can get your vote, your absentee ballot, um, you could sign up to be a poll worker, uh, you can find out more about early voting and all the voter registration forms and everything is available on that website for you. All right. Thank you both. And uh, just leave our listeners with just a closing thought um, before we wrap the interview up. Sure. Well, thank you guys both for um, having this important discussion. It's like, it's always necessary to ha- to talk about. Um, I just want to remind everyone of uh, our important dates, which is October 24th, starts early voting until November 1st. Election day is November 3rd. Um, you have until October 9th to register to vote, and you have until uh, October 27th to request your absentee ballot. I just want everyone to stay safe, wear a mask when outside and around people, make sure you're social distancing, um, wash your hands, I hope you've completed your census and remember to vote. Thank you. Jessica? I just want to remind everyone to vote. It's so important. Bring your friends, bring your family, bring your neighbor, bring the person that you walk past walking down the street every day. Uh, the more of us that participate in these elections, the the better this this world will be. And I'm hoping that more social workers will continue to take the, step, the steps that Chantel took and actually run for office. I'm so excited that you're going to be in the state legislature next year. Um, and I think that I would be remiss if I didn't plug the fact that you will not be the only social worker that's in the state legislature. We have two other uh, state assembly people, both from Brooklyn, Mathilda Frontis and Jamie Williams, who are social workers. And we need more social workers to take part in this at the federal, state, and local level. Um, We have so many different forms of government in New York State, and social workers have a place in all of them, both as elected officials, as staffers, as caseworkers, policy analysts. We need to make our voices heard to to make the systems that we work under better um, for the people that are working in them and from the people that need to utilize them. Yes, thank you so much. That's going to wrap it up for us here at the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast Election Day Special. Once again, my name is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate. I'd like to thank both of our guests um, that have joined us today to educate our listeners. And that's Miss Jessica J. Mitchell, LMSW, um, and uh, Miss Chantel Jackson, LMSW, um, both social workers, both heavily involved in the political spectrum. Um, much success and good luck to you, Miss Jackson, on your run for the uh, 79th Assembly District. Uh, continued success to you, Miss Mitchell, as you're in your role as the chair of the uh, PACE Committee. Uh, I think they couldn't have chosen a better representative. And so to all our listeners, thank you. Stay safe. Make sure to vote. Uh, vote the acronym VICTORY only takes everyone please go out and vote thank you to both of my guests for joining me this is silas your e-journalism social work advocate and host of the show you've been listening to the kelson on the air social work podcast 
This and all other programs are available on the Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Anchor podcast platforms. Go to any search engine and type in Kelson on the Air in the search window to hear this show in its entirety. Thank you for tuning in. This has been a Kelson Communications production.